right, welcome to Live, Lead, and In Between, the podcast for leaders who want to be better at leading in life and everywhere in between. Today is episode 32, The Decision Filter. Let's get after it. My name is Travis Jones, and I'm the host for this podcast, and it's my honor to be here today. Like I said, this is episode 32, and uh, the title of this episode is The Decision Filter. Uh, this topic has been floating around in my head for, for quite a bit uh, because when it comes to making decisions, it's not always an easy thing. And I, I was sitting in a staff meeting and, and someone reminded me of something that I'd said a while back in a conversation. Now, I say a lot of stuff, so you know sometimes I forget what I say uh, because I like to talk, but I had forgotten that I had said this particular thing. Um, I had said that a good system will not let you blame a person when something goes wrong. Uh, you can blame it on the, the piece of system that needed to be looked at or the, that needed to be worked on. And when my coworker said that, I thought, you know what, this applies to decision making as well. Uh, now, I know it doesn't seem too profound, but it, it spurred this podcast episode. So today uh, I thought we'd take a take a look at just that. Uh, and I've, like I said, I, ca- I entitled it The Decision Filter uh, because that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at three different things. We're going to look at why decision making uh, is or can be so difficult for people. Uh, the second thing we're going to look at is why I believe that having a system or mechanism to help you with that uh, is important. And the third thing is I want to give you an example, uh, and maybe even a couple of examples, depending on where we go in this, of how that you can use yourself or that'll help you develop one of your own. Uh, so those three things we're going to cover today, uh, and the rest is all up in the air, and we'll see what comes out. But before we do that, I do want to remind everyone listening that that my perspective comes from that of a believer, uh, so that so what you're going to hear, what you're going to get from me is just that. I do believe that, uh, I do believe though, that from a leadership standpoint, all of these principles uh, that we're going to share are, are just that principally driven driven and completely transferable to any situation. So so enough of a disclaimer, let's, let's jump in to this deal here. So number one thing, <clears throat> why are decisions so difficult to make for people? Why is decision making so difficult? Now, I am very painfully aware that not everyone processes the same way. I know that I process differently than, than some people. Um, some some at, at lightning pace and others at that of a turtle. <laughs> that, being, that being said, you may be listening to this and thinking, I don't have a problem making decisions. And you, you might not. Or it could be that you have a decision-making system or filter that you are unaware of and you burn through it super fast when you're making a decision. When it comes to the way that I make decisions, I, I like to process and take some time. And sometimes, though, it, it due, due to the length of time I like to take, I can get into trouble by overthinking things and and even get uh, what I've heard to called information paralyzation, where you're just processing all the information that comes in. And in that, you don't ever get to a decision-making point because you're still you're just still processing information. So regardless of which camp you fall in, sometimes decision-making is hard. And I believe there, there are two primary reasons as to why it's difficult for some, some people. Now, I'm sure there, there are a lot of other reasons, and we're not going to get into all the other reasons, but I think there's two primary reasons. And the first one is this. Um, there's a lot at stake. If you've ever had or ever been in a high-stake situation where there's a great deal of pressure on you, and a lot riding on the decision that you're that you're getting ready to make. You know what I'm talking about. There's a lot at stake, so we tend to to shy away from that. 
You may be listening to this and you may have life and death situations you have to make decisions for every day. Then you really know what I'm talking about. For the vast majority of us, uh, there's a lot at stake, but typically they're not life and death death moments. Uh, the second reason that I think that it's difficult for some people to make decisions uh, or don't, you know, are unable to make decisions with, with a lot of speed is we're afraid of making the wrong choice, right? We're afraid. I mean, the the what what happens if question pops into our mind. And this is where we get stuck. We, we can imagine all the possible outcomes of the wrong decision, and none of them seem pleasant. And as a leader, you can see the potential time it will cost you and opportunity missed if the direction you go is, is wrong. Uh, one, because after all, having to start over from scratch doesn't seem like it would be much fun. So so those two reasons, I believe, are primarily why people struggle with decision-making. Uh, there's a lot at stake, and you're afraid of making the wrong wrong choice. And, and like I said, there are probably some other additional reasons out there, but I, I think those two plague leaders in their decision-making processes the most. And I know for personal uh, references, it does me, right? I mean, there are high-stake situations that you don't want to make the wrong decision in because it'll cost you time, and it takes a lot of time to get back where you wanted or needed to be, right? So, um, you know, that's why I believe that people have a rough time, a difficult time making making decisions. So number two thing, though, is why, why do I believe that having a system or mechanism uh, to help you with that is important? Well, with those two things at play, at being the, the two reasons, uh, it, it's, it's incredible to me that it, I personally haven't realized the need for a system to help make decisions until my late 30s or 40s. And it just blows my mind. Um, and I may be preaching to the choir here a bit, but without systems, um, things crumble, right? Um, systems are so very important that without them, we descend into potential chaos. So, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't have systems that I was unaware of in my in my you know 20s and whatnot that I was making decisions, but um, it did, they didn't seem as important. And then when I got to my 30s and 40s, I started contemplating decisions. Um, and it may just simply be because you feel like you're running, uh, you've got a time limit on yourself, right? Um, so, I, you know, it blows my mind, the incredible fact that I haven't realized the need for this kind of thing until now. But having a good system or a mechanism for making decisions uh, can help you move the ball down the court in a quicker fashion. Let me let me give you just a real quick example of that uh, from my world, right? Um, if a staff member comes to me with a decision that needs to be made um, by me or, or that affects their area um, or their area of oversight, if, if I have a system in place that governs how and why I make the decisions I make with regard to their area and oversight, then I don't have to let that decision take up more of my bandwidth more than it needs to. Uh, and as a leader, that's important. Now, I do want to make one thing clear. I, I think that there are some decisions that need prayer and discernment um, for a good decision, but some do not. And as a leader, you need to be able to tell the difference between those two things. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But having a good decision-making system or filter can can give you a sense of peace. As leaders, we typically have a lot going on or or at least I do. And my head is typically crowded with things and details. And and that's with my usage of to-do apps and to notes and all those other things where I store a lot of those details. So having a really good decision-making uh, system helps me helps filter uh, the, the decisions I need to make and, and helps me not to crowd the data stream and freeze up that bandwidth that I need to function and be productive. 
If you're anything like me, those moments where I can move quickly and confidently give me a great deal of peace and only increase my confidence as as a leader in myself. And it helps with other folks too. Now, um, I said earlier that I believe that, you know, some of those things and decisions, they need prayer. And so I do believe you coat the big ones with with prayer. Um, I, I, I don't, I, let's say it this way. I want to, again, stress that you coat those big decisions in prayer as a part of whatever system that you adopt or create, because I believe that prayer should be a part of, an, an integral part of, the, of our lives. I do think that our prayers for guidance are oftentimes misaligned, though. Even my own prayers. The vast majority of the time, God has already spoke on a subject, and it's our job to seek out wisdom, out His wisdom, and align with the principle that is at work or has already been spoken. You know, typically this misalignment for me occurs when I, I want God to agree with what I think and I feel like I want to do. So my prayers for guidance over the years have kind of turned a little different of a direction um, rather than, you know, God, you know, show me what to do. I ask now, I say, God, show me what you're up to in this. Now, I'm not saying that's a perfect prayer, but it seeks perspective um, and and that's what I need. What what am I up, what am I up to seeks perspective. What am I supposed to do doesn't. I think God is trying to teach us how to think, and a lot of times um, we miss that. Or a better way to say it is, I think God's trying to teach us to have the mind of Christ. So, like I said, I wanted to digress a little bit and cover that part with you know coding the big ones in prayer because I do believe it is super super important <clears throat> to do that. So. So finally, let's let's look at an example or two, and we may just give one. I'm not I'm not really sure where we'll go with this, but um, I know one particular example that I've that I've come to adopt. Now, uh, one of my one of my uh, peers and friend of mine has a pretty spectacular uh, decision making filter that he uses. And the first time I I heard it, I was like, well, that's that's pretty profound. Um, he even has it posted in his office where he can he can see it real well. Um, and I've tried to come up with better and more encompassing decision making filters, but I've been I've not been able to to really do it. Um, any of the decision making filters that I had came up with when I compared it against this particular one, I thought, wow, th- these are lacking as compared to this one. And this is one that he found in um, the book, The Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. If you have never read that book, you need to go pick it up. It's it's a really it's a really interesting book. Um, and there's a statement in here that I'm going to read to you directly from The Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. He says this: The enemy loves platitudes. Of a proposed course of action, he, not the enemy, but he, God, wants men, so far as I can see, to ask very simple questions. And here's the profound part. He wants us to ask, is it righteous? Is it prudent? And is it possible? Now, if we can keep men asking, is it in accordance with the general movement of our time? Is it progressive or reactionary? Is this the way that history is going? Then they will neglect the relevant questions. And the question they do ask, and the questions they do ask, are of course unanswerable, for they do not know the future, and the, and what the future will be depends largely on just those choices, which they now invoke the future to help them make. It's pretty profound. It's really profound. There there were three things, and and so in this book, there's a conversation between two demons, and and they're basically saying if. If, as far as they can tell, God wants men to ask three questions when making decisions, um, but they want to keep us asking specific decisions, right? Or specific questions in order to make those decisions. And, you know, the first one, is it righteous? 
in itself will keep you in a good place. Is it righteous? Is it in right standing with God or what God has to say about the subject? If I'm going to make a decision and I need to, I need to make a decision and I'm leaning in a particular direction, I think, is this, is this the righteous way to go? Is it right standing with God or what God has to say about the subject? Now, that requires me to be a little knowledgeable about what God has to say about the subject or even be, or be willing to go look it up, right? So is it righteous? Is it prudent? Does the decision show care? Or thought for the future. And that's a good one, because a lot of times, I know in my 20s, my decisions weren't made like that. I was on to the next thing. But is it prudent? Is it righteous? Is it prudent? And then the the last decision-making filter is, is it possible? Now, I wrote, is it doable according to conventional wisdom and in the current situation? Now, I got to add a caveat with this, because you got to remember that with God, all things are possible. So this part of the filter mechanism engages your faith, right? So is it righteous? Is it is it right with with God? Does it does does it line up with what God has to say about the subject? Is it prudent? Does it show this care and thought for the future? And is it doable? But I also got to remember that with God, all things are doable, right? Um, so this is the decision making mechanism that he uses. Now, an interesting note, just just to consider, is the counterfeit of this filter, which was just mentioned in in this this part of the screw tape letters. Uh, The counterfeit and the opposite of this, that these demons want to get these want to get man to actually keep considering as their their filter is, is it is it in accordance with the general movement of our time? Is it progressive and reactionary? And is this the way that history is going? Now, this in general, if you really think about those words, is our current societal decision-making filter. And you can see where that takes you. Uh, You can look at the news and the headlines and the ridiculousness that's out there with some of this stuff. And even some of the things that a lot of uh, denominations are going through. I'm a part of a denomination that's going through a uh, a split right now uh, over, over things that we shouldn't be having to split over, right? And a lot of them, if you read these counterfeit ways of making decisions, this, this counterfeit thing, this filter, um, you can track it back straight to that. So uh, with, with this kind of filter, though, the original, is it righteous, is it prudent, and is it possible? And if you've got this thing in place, it changes the landscape of decision-making and makes the process so much easier. And the fun part is it fights against the reasons why it's difficult in the first place. Right, it it fights against that. Uh, I don't want to make the wrong decision, right? Because it, sometimes that the right decision is going to be hard, and it may even feel like the wrong decision. But if it's right and it's in line with what God says, righteous. If it's prudent, gives thought for the future, and if it's possible, then it completely wars against the reasons why you wouldn't uh, want to make a, a decision. Like I mentioned earlier, though. So, uh, like I said, if you've not read the Screw Tape Letters. I, I would encourage you to, to pick up a copy. It's a fascinating read. Um, but outside of that, I would encourage you to give some time and thought uh, to your own process, system, or filter. Uh, that, that really will work for you. Because with a, with a good one in place, your leadership will be impacted in a positive way, and you'll gain, the, you'll gain a level of trust with those that you serve and lead. And it's really hard to make a bad choice when your value systems are guiding that process. Not impossible, but hard. 
Like I mentioned earlier, I was thinking about giving you some other examples, but that one is probably my favorite example. And I've actually adopted that example from a filter uh, for decision-making processes um, because they just, all the other ones I could come up with, uh, like, you know, does it honor God? They were kind of saying the same thing, but they didn't go into as much detail as that. So, but I think that's a great stopping point for today. And and so I would just ask if you found this to be helpful, please share this podcast with a friend. And as always, any comments are really appreciated. Uh, even a thought or uh, leadership, sorry, I can't talk right now. Even thoughts about uh, potential leadership subjects that uh, you'd like to hear covered and discussed uh, about. I, I'd love to hear that. I believe uh, in the show notes, there's an option to leave a voice message, um, or you can also leave a text message with that. So um, again, love that kind of feedback if, you, if you've got it and you're willing to give it. Um, but with all that said, uh, until next time, this has been Live, Lead, and In Between. Lead well. Thank you.